Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Wednesday, July 28th. Today on the show, you're going to hear from a bunch of great folks. We will talk with Jeff Ketchum of OrangeBuds.com covering Texas as he explains what the Longhorns' move to the SEC will do for football recruiting across the conference. But we begin with Mike Herndon of Broadway Sports Media as we dive into some of the position battles to watch in this year's Titans training camp. If I've told you once, I've told you a hundred times, if not maybe like 200 times, the 440 is brought to you by the Kingston Group. Your home is not only a critical and important piece of your daily life in the present, but it's also a huge part of your financial future. And if you're going to make sure that that financial future is secure and safe, well, then you need to maximize your home's value. And the way to do that, renovations, additions, custom builds, all that kind of stuff, the name you need to know about that stuff, the Kingston Group. They've been doing it for over a decade in Nashville with their trustworthy process. Go to the website, buildkg.com. That's buildkg.com. You will not be disappointed, I promise. That's the Kingston Group. Well, Mike Vrabel took to the podium as the Titans opened up camp on Tuesday with a press conference, and he said about as much as he always says, which is basically nothing. He's in midseason form. But I am fascinated with his team that will take the field on Wednesday for the first practice of the year. So I brought in Mike Herndon of Broadway Sports Media, host of the Football and Other F-Words podcast, to talk to him about what position battles he is looking forward to tracking this preseason camp. Yeah, I think the biggest one that stands out is obviously right tackle, because that's the one starting job, true starting job that I think is just up for grabs. You know, it could be uh, Kendall Lamb, I, I think was probably going to be the guy that when they all line up on uh, Wednesday uh, for the first time and, and the starters are out there, that Kendall Lamb's probably going to be the right tackle. Where it goes from there, I, I think is anyone's guess, because I think Dylan Radens is going to be a legit competitor to him. Um, I think Tyson Brelo could get in the mix when and if he comes off of uh, the PUP. So I, I think that is going to be one of the spots that is most uh, intriguing from a position battle standpoint. And then I think you kind of go down the list from there. I think nose tackle is interesting. Tier Tart seems to be the guy that that has generated a lot of praise from Mike Rabel mentioned, singled him out today, uh, actually, as, as one of the guys that really changed uh, his body and worked hard and was in, in the building a lot during the offseason. We've heard other people talk about him kind of going under a, a transformation physically this offseason. So there's a little bit of buzz around Tier Tart. I think he's the favorite, but – He's definitely not a shoe-in, right? I mean, he played in a limited role last year. He's an undrafted guy coming into his second year, so he's not a, a guy you're sharpying into the starting lineup. But, uh, yeah, I think that's an interesting spot. And then I think corner uh, is the other spot because it's it's anyone's guess, right? Janoris Jenkins, I feel pretty confident we're going to look at him and he's going to be a starter somewhere, the cornerback rotation. But then after that, it's – how quickly does Farley get healthy? Is Fulton ready to take the next step? Is Molden going to be a guy that can come in and play right away? Can Breon Borders build on some of the stuff, some of the good stuff that he did put on tape last year? So, and then what's what's Chris Jackson? I, I think Chris Jackson's a guy that gets forgotten a lot, but the Titans did really like him last year during training camp. Now he the play on the field when he was in the game wasn't always great, but again, seventh round rookie coming in without any, <laughs> any sort of offseason last year. Uh, just kind of got thrown into the fire. So where all those guys come in and how they stack up will be one of the more fascinating things because I think that one, beyond Jenkins, is completely wide open at this point. What are you more concerned about if you're a Titans fan? Are you more concerned about all of the new pieces on defense coming together 
the system and the philosophy should be about the same? Or are you worried about the new offensive coordinator, Todd Downing, and that system and philosophy meshing with the pieces that were already there? Which, which one of those two dynamics is sort of more concerning for, for you heading into camp? I guess I have more confidence on the offensive side of the ball simply because I think with with Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, AJ Brown, and and you know four fifths of your offensive line back, you're gonna have a pretty solid baseline. Like those guys know what they're doing. They they know how the system's gonna be built. And I don't think Todd Downing is gonna try to totally reinvent the wheel on that side of the ball. Um, on defense, there's so many moving parts, and it's you know obviously you're coming off a year where they were absolutely terrible. So until proven otherwise the expectation is kind of that they're terrible. Now, I think if you were to tell me which is more important, that they sustain the offensive success or that they improve the defense, sustaining the offensive success is absolutely critical. Like, you are not going anywhere with a mediocre offense in the modern NFL. I don't care how good your defense is. So more more important is the offense, but uh, the one that I'm more worried about certainly right now is the defense and the new moving parts over there. Mike, always a pleasure. Of course, check them out all over Broadway Sports Media, the great writing, as well as the talking on, of course, football and other efforts podcast out every single Tuesday. Thank you so much, man. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. So it was official on Monday that Texas and Oklahoma informed the Big 12 that they were out. Well, it was official on Tuesday that they sent their paperwork into the SEC requesting admission into the conference in 2025, according to a statement released by Commissioner Greg Sankey. The vote, I believe, will be on Thursday, and I expect it to be a 14 to nothing unified front to allow Texas and Oklahoma to join the conference. The over-under, however, on when Texas and Oklahoma actually join the conference, I'm putting that at 2022 and a half. So I'll take the under, and I think they're playing in the league by next season. I think expansion of the playoff takes place the following year, and all of the dust settles at the same time. So we have a 12-team playoff and a 16-team SEC. Now, we all know why this is happening. Money. Texas and Oklahoma want money. The SEC wants money. But there is a recruiting ripple effect here, in particular for the University of Texas. And I talked to Jeff Ketchum of OrangeBloods.com on our Fringe Element podcast, and he had some very interesting perspective as to why Texas is making this move as it pertains to football recruiting. I think the most underrated element of this for Texas, once you get beyond the money component, is with their in-state football recruiting of the elite of the elite prospects, when they get into a scenario where let's say a kid's top five is Texas, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Alabama, and LSU. That's pretty standard top five stuff in the state of Texas. They're all delivering the same message. You play an inferior brand of football. And if you are trying to recruit the elite of the elite, it's not that Texas A&M negatively recruits Texas. You know, in the SEC, what they call negative recruiting? Recruiting. Recruiting. Yes, exactly. That's That line falls short in Texas all the time, but you get it, right? When they're recruiting against A&M and Alabama and LSU, those schools are all hitting the same nail with the same hammer, and it has a residual effect for Texas to join the SEC means to put them in recruiting terms in football on the same level so that they don't have to combat this narrative that just kills them. It's not that Texas has just been average as a football program for the last 10 years. It's that their average isn't taking place where the best brand of football is taking place. And it's a little thing, but this little thing has 
built up over time into a tremendous thorn in the side of Texas football. I think to be able to eliminate that and put Texas into a position where conference wise, they're on even footing. And now it's just about getting good at football is, is critical to what's taking place here. Because if Texas were to win the big 12 this year in football, they still go into a recruiting battle with the likes of Alabama, LSU and A&M with all three of them saying, well, yeah, they're good, but does it really count? They're not really playing big boy football. Texas is tired of hearing that so much so that we've seen this change in ideology that I've been talking about. They're actually okay now with keeping company with people that once upon a time would have given them the ick. And I think what they realize is maybe they shouldn't throw rocks and glass glass houses because they want to be on that level. And the easiest way to get there, I think is to join the cool kids table and not try to fight it. That was Jeff Ketchum of orangebloods.com, a Texas Longhorns website for the rivals.com network. And go check out our entire conversation. Learn about the Texas power structure and why this is all taking place. All of that, of course, can be heard on the Fringe Element podcast on the 440 Sports Network with yours truly and Aaron Dugan out right now. Go check it out. Fringe Element, everywhere podcasts are found. We remind you that the 440 is brought to you every single morning by the Kingston Group. That is Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. Your home is not only, of course, an important part of your life currently, like, you know, where you live, where you sleep, where you eat, where your kids are, all that good stuff, but it's also a huge part of your financial future, and making sure it's working for you is a part of what the Kingston Group does. They want to make you happy and bring joy to your home, but they, wanna, they also want to make sure that they're being financially responsible. Basically, the Kingston Group is like a fiduciary for your home. It's great. Check out the website, buildkg.com. That's buildkg.com, the Kingston Group. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.